Thanks for tuning in to the Bethel New England Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from our lead pastor, Pastor Eric Capelli. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. This month, we are speaking to you from the sermon series called Go Tell It. Come on. And Friday night, we told it. And we told it again and again and again, probably 20 times we told it. For the lovely people that recommended we do this two nights in a row, actors and crew, I love all of you. I would never do that to you. Yeah? One night is enough. God bless you all. After 20 performances, you've had it. You're dreaming the lines. You can't get them out of your head. So one night is good, but we told it. And this message that was proclaimed through Follow the Star is still not over. See, God worked through actors, but God wants to work through you. In the upcoming days and weeks, even leading up to Christmas Eve and the new year and into 2024, I believe that the urgency and heart of God is to work through each and every one of you. That the message of Jesus would resound in a way through your life like it has never resounded before. See, Christmas is not about superstars. And we've looked to that as believers. We've looked to the good service and the good musician, the preachers and the venue, but God is more than a venue. God is more than a super preacher or the best worship song you've ever heard. But God has allowed through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, his message to be heard through the brokenness and the vulnerability of each and every one of your life stories. See, each of you here today is a testimony to the love and the power and the majesty of Jesus. See, I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was depressed. I was broken. I wanted to die, but Jesus made me alive. Jesus gave me life forevermore, and so the rock stars are not what's needed. Jesus is still looking for shepherds. Jesus is still looking for men and women, youth and children, to stand up and say, Jesus, let your life shine through me. It says in Luke 2, 17 through 18, as I just read, but I read it again for the purpose of the sermon, that after seeing them, they, the shepherds, reported the message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Today, as we reflect on telling the message of Jesus, we want to take a glimpse, a deeper glimpse, into what God spoke through these shepherds. And if God was able to use them, then God is able to use us. The writer Max Lucado, who writes a lot of Christian books, said the following, off to the side of the manger sits a group of shepherds. They sit silently on the floor of the manger, perhaps perplexed, perhaps in awe, no doubt in amazement. Their night watch had been interrupted by an explosion of light from heaven and a symphony of angels. God goes to those who have time to hear him. 
And so on this cloudless night, he went to the simple shepherds. The message that God desires to speak prophetically to the world is a message that is still resounding. That message didn't stop on the night that Jesus was born. God's voice has been known throughout all the ages. God has always chosen to speak through his people, and God desires to speak through you. Could you imagine the shepherds after having the encounter with the angels that when they walked to the very cave, it wasn't a promise that would take a thousand years to be fulfilled. But on that very night, they beheld him. They beheld the long-awaited Messiah, the Savior of the world. And I believe that the message that God will have us proclaim as the church, it will not take long to see its fulfillment. Because that Jesus that came as a baby and was crucified, buried, and resurrected on the third day, he is coming again. And the church has a prophetic message that the king is coming. The king is coming again with power and majesty and authority. And we've got a message to proclaim. And hopefully it will not take long before you and I can behold him coming upon the clouds of heaven. The story of the shepherds and the good news that they were entrusted with speaks to you and I of a godly responsibility that we carry. And this godly responsibility that we carry to go and share the message of Jesus, it needs to be taken seriously. It needs to be something that we devote ourselves to wholly, but not just partially. The first thing that we learn from the shepherds is that God raises up people. Come on. God is looking for a partnership. God could have just had the angels appear to everyone in the sky, but in God's divine plan, even from the very beginning in Eden, all throughout the Bible, God has chosen to work with people just like you and I. And when we have the mentality of, oh, God will do it, God will do it, God will do it. Yes, God will do it, but he wants to do it through you. He wants to partner with you. He wants to work with you. Oh, if God wants it said, he can just speak it. No, he wants to work through your mouth. He wants to work through your hands. He wants to work through your feet. And the shepherds show us this. The angels could have told everyone in all of Bethlehem and throughout all of Israel. But God purposefully worked through the shepherds because God is weaving his plan of salvation like a master weaver. Including heaven and earth in his plan. As I said this morning in the reflection as we lit the Advent candle, that God was intentional in revealing himself to shepherds in the field of Bethlehem because in that very same field, God was raising up and training up David to be the future king of Israel. And from his lineage, Jesus, the true shepherd king, came. 
We see in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel 17, 12 through 15, a little glimpse into a story of how God was doing something on that shepherd's field that day. Not when Jesus was born, but hundreds of years before Jesus ever came into the picture. 1 Samuel 17, 12 and 15, it says, Now David was the son of the Ephrathite from Bethlehem of Judah named Jesse. And then in verse 15 it said, But David kept going back and forth from Saul to tend his father's flock in Bethlehem. This story is showing us that there's something brewing. And when we read more of the chapter, and I advise you to do that at home, Israel is facing a great enemy named Goliath. The Philistines want the Israelites destroyed, and Goliath the giant is insulting them every day, every afternoon, and every evening. David's brothers are out on the battlefield waging war, and David is taking care of the sheep. And David begins to serve as a little bit of a gopher for his dad. Go for this, go for that. It took me about 20 years to figure out what gopher meant. (laughs) Yeah? When I was young, I did acting. I worked on some movie sets, and they'd call people gophers, and all I pictured was the little critter, like Puxatawney Phil or something. And then I realized, oh, it's go for, go for this, go for that. There we go. For the non-Americans here, now you know what that one means. (laughs) David was the gopher. Your brothers are out on the field. You're just tending to the sheep. Why don't you go and bring your brothers their lunch packets? And so David shows up on the battlefield. His brothers are there, and they are actually annoyed that little brother has showed up on the scene. Go home, little runt. Go home, little one. I'm the youngest of three. I know what that feels like. Get out of here. I was always the brother they didn't want to come along. For the youngest children here, you feel me today, don't you? Oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Don't worry, we have more power than you realize. And David hears the threats that come against his people. And this non-trained military young man, no military background, no training, no nothing, Here's the threats that are being breathed. And he goes, oh, I'm here. I'll take care of him. Goliath. Dude, you're the gopher. All you do, you you take care of sheep. You stink like sheep. And you think you're going to mean something? And David says the following. He is undeterred in his eagerness to slay the giant. He says, I have wrestled with the bear and I've wrestled with the lion. In order to be that lowly shepherd, he had to learn to wrestle with the bear and with the lion. He said, I've wrestled with the bear and with the lion, but you, he says to Goliath, I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And there was this tenacity inside of him. Do never, ever think that your life is mundane. 
those that resent every part of their life. Oh, I had to do this growing up. Oh, I did this as my job. Oh, people treated me this way. When you think you are a victim, you stay a victim. But when you believe that every facet of your life has been woven into part of God's plan, everything the enemy intended to use against you, God will use to slay all of his enemies. And so David exemplifies that, that God raises up people, no matter what their background is, no matter what people think about them. God does not care if you smell like sheep, talk like sheep, and even look like a sheep. You can buy all day long. God raises people up. God raised up lowly David to slay thousands. God raised up David to craft the plans of the temple, to lead the people of Israel, to write psalms, psalms that we sing even to this day. God raised up David's line so that Jesus the Messiah would be born through his descendants. A true shepherd leads the way. He doesn't merely point the way. David exemplifies that when God raises you up, you're not just saying you're a leader. God has shown through the course of your life that he has prepared you and trained you to be the leader that you are. My wife and I am pastoring throughout all the years. We say the following, and a friend of ours helped us along the way. We're no longer looking for people who have potential. Yeah? There's a lot of people in this world, they got a lot of potential. Yeah, it's like having a bow on the ground versus in the actual arrow with tension. A lot of potential. God is not looking for people that only have potential. God is looking for people that have their hands in the dust of the earth. God is looking for people that have their hands dirty in the soil. God is looking for people that say yes to him no matter when, no matter what, no matter how. They believe that every facet of their life is part of the plan of God. God raises up. God's revelation of himself to the shepherd also shows us the following, that God's promises never fail. Do you believe that? God's promises never fail. I'll repeat that one more time. God's promises never fail. I'm going to preach it, but let's get it in our hearts right now. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, God shows hundreds of years before Jesus comes that he is going to bring the true shepherd king onto the scene. Do you know that when Jesus walked this earth that he fulfilled 333 prophecies from the Old Testament? And Isaiah 9, 7 is one of them. It says, his dominion will be vast. And its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. And Josiah, who played Joseph, take it away. And the zeal of the Lord of heavenly hosts will accomplish this. 
And we hear this prophecy at Christmas and we go, ha, ha, yeah, yeah. The people of Israel went into exile. Ten of the 12 tribes completely disappeared off the map. Even to this day, we do not know who constitutes the other 10 tribes of Israel. The only two tribes that we know that are in existence are the tribe of Benjamin and the tribe of Judah. Those are the only ones that we know of. Meaning, after the exile and the return, hundreds of years later, the only people in Israel that could actually trace their lineage were the people of the tribe of Judah. And in that tribe were the descendants of David. There was Joseph and Mary. But lo and behold, when you get into the Gospels and you read the genealogies, you see Jesus of Nazareth. Come on. God could have completely obliterated and scattered the tribe of Judah. But God held them even through captivity and allowed them to continue their genealogy even though they failed time and time again. Every king and every ruler failed. They failed God. They failed their people. They failed their country. They broke covenant time and time again. But God was faithful even in the midst of human sin, even in the midst of error. God was faithful to fulfill his plan. I need us to know that. I need us to realize that God's plan, even though he wants to work through you, God's plan is not completely dependent upon you. You're a human. You are going to make mistakes. You're going to sin. You're going to do the wrong thing. You're going to make the wrong decision. And even though you might be through with you, God is not done with you. Other people might be done with you, but God is never done with you. If God has a plan and God has a purpose, he will move heaven and earth on your behalf to fulfill it. And the plan that goes beyond you is God's master plan to save planet earth. God's master plan to save humanity. And you're a part of that. Micah 5 verse 2 shows us part of this plan. It says, Bethlehem Epaphrathah, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be a ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from ancient of times. And that weird little scripture stayed tucked in the little scroll of Micah. Until one day wise men came from the east. And they go to evil King Herod, who was played wonderfully by Kevin Yankee. What a great job, huh? And they said to him, we've seen a star appear in the east. Where was this child born? And the scribes go and they unroll the books. And they're not unrolling the major prophets. They begin to unroll this little book called Micah. And right there in the text, it says the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem, Epaphratha, just like the scripture said. And they know exactly where to go find him. And the wise men go to Jesus and they find him there. And they warn him. 
to go, and God warns Joseph to go, and they flee to Egypt for some years. And then Jesus ends up returning back on the scene again. God's plan, God's promises, they do not fail. If he said it, believe it, and take it to the bank. Come on. He can do it. If he's done it then, he'll do it again and again and again. And so these shepherdly people, the shepherd David, the shepherds in the fields that night, the experience has taught us that the shepherd is far more willing to show his sheep the path than the sheep are sometimes to follow. The God of the Bible is endlessly merciful, patient, tender, and loving. If we, his stupid and wayward sheep, really want to be led, we will without fail be led. And Elizabeth Elliot says, and I am sure of that, if you were here for Follow the Star, you saw the sheep out here in the pen. My wife says, man, those are some feisty beasts. <laughs> they looked for every way possible to escape. <laughs> we had fencing up and people and the night was spent trying to keep them in the pen. And even though everyone was scattered, when the farmer woman who takes care of them, when she walked in, she knew how to show who was boss right away. Come on. And the good shepherd knows and he cares. And he says in the New Testament, my sheep, they know my voice. They listen to me. And our human nature and tendency is to shoot in every direction, even though God said it, even though God promised it, even though in the past God has made a way where there seems to be no way. We get like those little sheep. We get nervous, we get restless, and we start pooping and peeing all over the place. We run in every direction. But thank God that the loving shepherd steps in over and over and over and over again. His promise and his plan in your life. He'll never fail you. He'll never fail you. He'll never fail you. As someone from one of the life groups I taught said in one of our reflections, she said, God calculated into his plan the error of humanity and showed his love and his grace and his mercy anyway. You think God is dumb? You think God, he can't work past you? As a pastor, that is something I laugh about all the time. Oh, pastor, something's going on in church with the people. Something's going on with brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. There's division. There's something here. And I say all the time, God's move is not dependent on how so-and-so is acting. Either you get on board with what God is doing or you don't. But God moves on. 
God moves on. And either you move with him or you don't. But that train is going. And I want to be clear with you this morning. God's plan for you, God's plan for your family, for your work, for your school, God's plan for Bethel, New England will not be shaken. It will not be thwarted. And what God has promised and ordained, he will fulfill it. He will move heaven and earth. That is why I pray. When I pray, I don't pray thinking, oh, maybe, Uh uh-uh. Oh, no, 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 no. When I pray, it says, Father, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about you, but when I read the book of Revelation, I see he is creating a new heaven and a new earth, that God is constantly in motion to fulfill his plan. And so I have always made it my objective. God, where you're moving, I want to move with you. God, what you're doing, I want to be a part of it. And even if it scares me to death, even if it stretches me beyond my limits, even if it costs me everything I have, just like the shepherds, I am willing to Proclaim the faithfulness and goodness of God. I'm not perfect, never will be, never claim to be. But God decided to work with me, and I've decided to work with him. The last thing that the shepherds show us this morning is that even though God's plan includes you, as I've said, God's plan is bigger than you. We live, as I've said many times, in a me, 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 me society. Yeah, when I hear songs, all I hear is me, 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 me. People talking, me, 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 me. Yeah, sometimes even teaching my life groups, me, 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 me. At church on Sunday for prayer, me, 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 me. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you've got to get to a place in your life where it goes beyond you. It goes beyond your family. It goes beyond the people you work with. It goes to people you don't even know. God's plan is bigger. See, in Revelation, we see that God's plan is continuing to unfold. And in the month of January, I'm going to talk about Revelation. I'm going to go into the book of Revelation to lead you with vision. But I'm going to do it showing you that God has a plan for the future. God has a big plan for the future. And it's not a plan only of destruction and evil. It is a plan of glory. It is a plan of hope. It is a plan of everlasting life. And so in Revelation chapter 7, verse 15c, don't you love when we get to break it up like that? Through 17, it says, The one seated on the throne will shelter, and other translations spread his tent over, and other translations tabernacle over them. They will no longer hunger. They will no longer thirst. The sun will no longer strike them, nor will any scorching heat. For the lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them. What a paradox. The lamb who shepherds. He will guide them to springs of waters of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We need to understand that Jesus of Nazareth is alive and well. We need to understand that the shepherd king that was born in the fields of Bethlehem, Epaphrathah, he feels. His heart is moved. 
And even though he saved you and I, he is working in the world in which we live. He is working to fulfill his master plan that one day all of our problems and all of our pain will melt away in the light of his glorious kingdom that never ends. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more death. There will be no more hunger. There will be no more want or need. Jesus will rule and reign reign over us as the great shepherd king. The true shepherd spirit is a mixture of many precious graces. Jesus, this shepherd king, is hot with zeal, but he is not fiery with passion. He is gentle, and yet he rules his class. He is loving, but he does not wink at sin. He has power over the lambs, but he is not domineering or sharp. He has cheerfulness, but not levity. Freedom, but not license. Solemnity, but not gloom. We have the perfect shepherd king to lead us forth. The chief shepherd. Bethel, New England, I want you to know that every day as I drive home from this place, I say in the car to the Lord, everything that went on today and everything that's coming, I give it back to you. It is your church. These are your people. You are their shepherd. You are their shepherd. He is the great shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 14 through 18, we see the fulfillment of all of God's plan and promise through Jesus. He says to them, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and my own sheep know me. In the same way, the Father knows me, and I know the Father. But I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to those in this pen. I need to gather and bring them too. They'll also recognize my voice. Then it will be one flock under one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I freely lay down my life, and so I am free to take it up again. No one takes it from me, I lay it down of my own free will. I have the right to lay it down. I also have the right to take it up again. I have received this authority personally from my Father." As Jesus was showing the people of Israel, he was the good shepherd over them, but they only knew me, 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 me. And he said, I have sheep that are not in this pen. And during missions month, you heard that cry, and that cry has not ended. Even during Christmas season, the cry of God's missional heart has not ended, but it's extended. God has sheep that are not of this pen. Look around at the congregation this morning. God has sheep that are not of this pen. God has people that need to be sitting in these pews that are not here yet. God has youth that need to be at youth group that are not here yet. God has children that need to be in kids' ministry that are not there yet. God has seniors that need to be at WOW with Carol because it is WOW, and they're not there yet. God's heart of compassion 
is still beating. And during this Christmas season, it beats loud and clear that he is the good shepherd and his sheep know his voice. I end this morning with the missionary words of Jim Elliott. If you've ever heard his story, Jim and his wife Elizabeth, along with other missionaries, had gone to Quito, Ecuador, and had become missionaries to a tribe that was known for murder. And I don't want to get it wrong, so I'll refrain from going further so I don't say it incorrectly. But they pretty much murdered anyone who came to them. There's a movie and a book written about this called Beyond the Gates of Splendor. But while Jim Elliott was alive, before he gave his life as a missionary, and I think what makes Jim's story special is, even though Jim died at the hands of poisonous arrows of native people, his wife with her children decided to continue and take up the mission of God, and she forgave the very people who killed her husband and led the chief of those people to Christ. But Jim died. And these are the words of Jim before he died. He said, Father, make me a crisis man. Bring those I contact to decision. Let me not be a milepost on a single road, but make me a fork in the road that men must turn one way or another on facing Christ inside of me. Bethel, as I preached about peace last week, What true biblical peace means, I need you to make a resolve today as I round off this message. That you are not just a milestone in the middle of the road that people pass by leisurely. Like yesterday, on our way through Simsbury, we saw them reworking on the sign into Simsbury. A beautiful stone construction. Means nothing, really. Most people don't even know it's there. However, when there is a detour, when they are doing road construction, you have no other option than to go the way that they want you to go. And many of us as believers, we have stood there as believers and we're standing there as believers in the midst of the world and we are miming Jesus. Miming Jesus. And many have said throughout the ages, oh, we don't need to preach Jesus. People should be able to see through my life. Yes, they can, but you need to speak Jesus. You need to preach Jesus. Like the shepherds needed to declare, like the Word of God declared, like Jesus declared in his own time. You need to be willing to call the people in your life to a point of decision. You are the fork in the road. It is either Jesus or nothing. Come on. And I pray in this season that like the shepherds, you will proclaim the hope. That you will stand as that fork in the road. There is only one way to heaven, and it is Jesus. There is only one way, one truth, one life, and it is Jesus. There is only one resurrection in the life, it is Jesus. There is only one shepherd, it is Jesus. There is only one bread that came down from heaven, it is Jesus. There is only one bright and morning star, it is Jesus. There is only one king above every other king, it is Jesus. There is only one ruler over them all, it is Jesus. There is only one savior, one healer, one deliverer. There is only one. 
the one and only of God, Jesus of Nazareth from the line of David who has conquered it all. We give you glory and praise this morning. If the altar team could make their way to the front this morning, as we bow our heads and close our eyes today, if you have never truly surrendered your life to Jesus, the true shepherd king, and you want this one who is amazing, who's fulfilled prophecy of the Old Testament, who is alive and well and coming again, if you do not know him in that way and you desire to know him, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want you to lift your hand this morning and say, Pastor, I want to know him today. I want to know him. Is there someone else today that's saying, I want to know him? I see you too. Is there someone, I want to know him. I want to know him. I don't want to leave this place today without knowing him. I want to know him more. God, I pray for these individuals who want to serve you and know you. Let your presence flood over them today. For those that are watching online that are making that decision, let your presence just flow over them today. I pray for those that have been quiet in the message of Jesus. I pray for the shepherds and the shepherdesses of the kingdom, Lord, that they would be willing today to say, Lord, I am scared out of my mind, but use me to be a fork in the road. Let me be that prophetic voice like the shepherds. If that is your desire today, that evangelistic fervor would begin to flow through your life more than ever before, stand to your feet this morning. Stand to your feet this morning. If you want people to look at your life and say, I am faced with no other option, either I'm serving Jesus or not. I want to make that commitment through this Christmas season and roll it into 2024. I want to see more people come to Jesus in this year of my life than ever before. Than ever before. God, give me opportunity to share the message. And while you're waiting, just lift your hands and begin to ask God, God, give me opportunities. God, lead me to people. God, just like you led the shepherds to share the good news, God, lead me supernaturally to people. God, open doors. God, let me minister to people that are totally out of my comfort zone. God, send me to people that need you. If my family and friends don't want to hear it, good. Send me to people who want to hear it. God, here I am this morning. God, just like you appeared to the shepherds and sent them with good news, God, let me go out of this place with the good news of Jesus today. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I have a future in Jesus because of his plan that is bigger and better than me. Lord, bring peace, bring hope, and bring life. We ask you this in Jesus' name. As the worship team sings one last song with us this morning, the altars are open. One of the prayers that was needed from the early church was a prayer for boldness. They had the Holy Spirit, but because of threats, because of things going on in their society, they got a little bit afraid and they huddled together. It's not the first time that the church gets into a holy huddle. It says they gathered together and they prayed for boldness in preaching the message of Jesus. And it said the place that they were in, they were filled with the Spirit. And the place they were in, it shook. I pray this morning that the Lord shakes us. Let him shake us by the power of the Spirit.
If you want prayer for boldness and sharing the message of Jesus, the altar team is here to pray with you today to believe that the Spirit of God can give you all the boldness you need. We've got 15 minutes before service actually ends. If you need prayer for boldness today, come. Come, come. Don't let it wait. Don't wait. Come on, come on, come on. And let the Spirit of God begin to flow through this place today. The men with the men, the women with the women, please. If you need boldness in sharing the message of Jesus, if you need the Spirit of God to give you that boldness, come today and let us pray with you. Worship team, if you want to take it over from this point, if you're watching online, we pray the blessings of God out over you. May he give you all the boldness you need in this Christmas season in sharing the message of Jesus. God bless you this morning. Thanks for tuning in to the Bethel New England Message of the Week. Make sure you share this message with a friend or family member to encourage them today. Head to BethelNE.com to stay up to date with everything that's going on at Bethel New England.